Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody entangled in the interweb? CSG Podcast is back. Ross Hipster's glasses, Martin, should be stopping in soon. He's on his way back from Oakland covering that Warriors Thunder series. He's going to pop in, and then he's heading straight out to Oklahoma City, making his way all the way down here from Thornton. We've got the king himself, Jeff Morton. What is up, everybody? And uh, Nate, I think we have a uh, the captain of profundity that's uh, on the on. <laughs> no clue what that means, but uh, whatever, Jeff. All right, big news today. We're announcing a new addition to the CSG team. We have Mike Kliss joining us. As our Broncos insider, he'll be popping in and out as news breaks. Mike, thanks for joining us. We look forward to working with you. Great. It's thank you. I wanted to do this for a long time, and I'm real proud to be the Denver Broncos insider for the Colorado Sports Guys. But uh, I guess you guys call it CSG now, so I'll have to, I'll have to remember that moving forward. <laughs> Mike, let me start by uh, you know, saying that I've always um, enjoyed your work. And been pretty impressed with your coverage and uh, connections, uh, I guess would be the word. And it seems like there was just, like the other day you were at the Denver Post, and now you're on TV, radio, and now podcasts. Uh, what, do you, what do you attribute to your, um, I don't know, recent success? Well, uh, Jeff, uh, great question. Uh, you know, uh, I, think, I think it may be that I have the ability to be in multiple places at the same time. <laughs> I mean, it, it certainly yeah. seems like that sometimes, Mike. Well, actually, I, maybe I should be more specific. As the Broncos insider, I literally have to be in more than one physical place at a time, mm. which I have the unique ability to do. And I should maybe even be more specific than that because I'm not in, like, just two or three different locations simultaneously. Uh, I'll give you uh, an example. I could be down at Broncos HQ in the locker room talking to Von Miller or uh, 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 the quarterback uh, Paxton, Tam- Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch, yeah, him. Interesting name. <laughs> you know, it's hard to remember. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I could be over at one of my sources' homes at the same time. Like for example, uh, a current member of the Denver Bronco PR team, and you know, even more specifically, I can be anywhere else or even everywhere else at the same time. You know, there's a word for it. Um, I just I can't recall it right now, but uh, I think you mean omnipresence. Uh, yeah, exactly. Thanks. But as I was saying, it's it's been a real big advantage the omnipresence thing that I have as a as a Bronco Denver Bronco insider, maybe. Uh, well, you know, Mike, I could see how that would be an advantage. Um, is there anything else? Well, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm a student of the game, so to speak, and so much that I have comprehensive knowledge of it. And everything else that exists. Wow, man, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. There's a word for that too. Uh, I'm sure. Um, omniscience. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I don't write anymore, guys. I'm just uh, you know a talking head. <laughs> so you must have a pretty good idea uh, of how the Denver Broncos pulled off such an amazing feat. In winning oh. Super Bowl 50 against yeah. the Panthers yeah. with, with one of the worst offenses. Yeah, worst. Uh, yeah, I just decided that the Broncos had tried real hard 
and it had been a while, so I made it happen. You did? Yeah, you know, it makes sense if you think about it, too, because, you know, I'm the Denver Broncos insider. So it only makes sense that I go ahead and have them win the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's amazing, man. How, how did you do that? Well, you know, I just did it. I, I can pretty much make anything happen if I want to. It's, it's just a matter of thinking about it, you know, and then, and then poof. It's done. That's it. That's actually, you know, I mean, now that I think about it, another real big advantage for me as a Broncos insider is my ability to impose my will on anyone or anything at any time in the universe. Um, omnipotent. Yeah. 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 That's a much quicker way of saying it. I, mean, I should write that down. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, uh, is it correct for me to assume that it was you that made the sunsets orange and blue? Why do people always ask me that? Sunsets appear in a variety of colors, yes. depending on many factors, including the size and concentration of atmospheric particles in the path of incoming sunlight or the density of atmosphere through which the sunlight is traveling. Here in Bronco country, for instance, you know, uh, especially uh, in the high country, there is relatively little atmosphere as well as uh, atmospheric particulation. On the other hand, over here on the front range, where you guys are sitting right now, uh, you know, uh, in Bronco country, there may be higher levels of pollution, dust and smoke. These types of particles that are slightly larger than air molecules and in a higher concentration scatter the shorter and intermediate wavelengths of light away from the observer, which can, I suppose, give the appearance of orange and blue sunset. But, you know, if you're a stickler for things, which I admit I can be, you know, at certain times, it's, <laughs> it's probably more accurate to say, uh, you know, it's orangish red and violet. Mike, Mike, I, I hope you didn't think that Nate was questioning your integrity as a journalist. Well, I, 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 I certainly hope he wasn't uh, for his sake. <laughs> as you would imagine, uh, the Denver Bronco insider has a lot of connections in this town. Just kidding. But in all seriousness, I'm uh, completely neutral. So uh, why, may I ask, um, if you're not a fan, well, per se, of the Broncos, why did you uh, con orchestrate it so the Broncos won Super Bowl uh, 50? Well, like I said, Jeff... It just makes sense. My mm. job is to be the Denver Bronco insider, yes. and I enjoy my job. And of all the Denver Bronco insiders, I think I'm pretty much the best of the best. So, and uh, I'll be honest, I really like my job. I'm pretty much just sitting around, you know, if the Broncos like uh, lose early in the playoffs or, or they don't make it to the Super Bowl. So now the Broncos win. Uh, I get to work every day, even in April and May, and, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, the main reason is, well, I guess uh, – you know, you guys remember Peyton Manning, right? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, I remember that guy. I, I didn't mention this before, but technically, he's my boss. So uh, probably it's also a pretty good career move. Am I right? Most definitely, Mike. Yeah. You know, we look forward to having your insights here on CSG. Can't wait. Love it. Denver Broncos insider. You guys yeah. are awesome. I mean, as the stuff breaks, we're going to have you know, Mike's, Mike's great coverage here of Broncos country on CSG can't wait and hopefully it's a little more diverse right Jeff? oh i hope so because you know a couple days ago the nuggets had the well not the nuggets but the entire nba had the uh the draft lottery do you have uh, any thoughts on that uh, um i'm sorry what the uh nuggets lottery. of wisdom about the denver broncos yes because uh, i can provide many of those uh Right? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Looking forward <laughs> to right. working well, with you guys. Yeah. Hey, Mike. <laughs> great stuff, man. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll be right back. Hey, where's your house? All right. Thanks for sticking with us here on CSG. Mike Kliss out and about. He's already out there. I think he went to Paxton Lynch's house. Not sure, but uh, 
Uh, Jeff, we got the, the the man, the myth, the legend, Ross Martin back. Sorry, I'm my late, guys. We can't call him hipster glasses uh, anymore because he's uh, he you doesn't can. have the glasses. You can. Yeah. I'm, guys, it's been a while since I've driven through downtown Denver at this time of day. Dude, you're a south you're wow. a south uh, side of town person now. Brutal, so brutal traffic today. Brutal, yeah. brutal. So every day, every day. I need, un- I need to unwind with a little bit of Tito's. I think. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I miss Mike. How's he doing? I think he's doing well. I yeah, mean, I, I, I seems to have a real beat on the Broncos. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And certainly um, larger hand. What insider? Uh, yeah, that's, larger hand than I thought he played. Yeah. The team, but. Well, I'm he's happy. Not, to have I, him I don't on know here. if he's quite as insightful as uh, John Fox, but no, I, yeah, who is right? But uh, hey, I'm looking forward. Next time, hopefully, I'll be here at the same time as him, and uh, I'll finally get to meet the man. We hope so. Yeah, no, I do. I, I do. Like, I, you just missed. Well, I pers- feel. I kind of feel like he's. Here with me now. I, I don't know why. Like he leaves kind of an aura around him when he leaves. He's well, like, he is here in spirit. I, I think. Yeah, I think it's, so. It's like he's always here. I think so. Yeah. 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 Wherever you go. Wherever you go. Good deal. So we got a lot of good stuff as as we'd mentioned uh, before the break. There, obviously, the Broncos have a, a new quarterback prospect. They drafted some guys, right? The uh, Denver Nuggets have their draft hopes back in play. We know what pick they have now couple of picks seventh pick overall a lot of good stuff a lot of good tv shows movies out there as well we what happened into can you guys explain to me i thought the draft lottery was that you are a top eight team right and they do the ping pong balls and then you have a shot to excuse me a shot to get the first pick right no you got no. this all wrong. Oh, I do. Well. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's. Was it ever like that? <laughs> it should have been. It should be. Should be like that. Yes. So uh, there's there's 14 teams that do not make the playoffs in the NBA and 16 that make it. Right. Yep. What was that at? Like that 30. 30 teams. So the 14 teams that don't make it all have a chance to win the number one pick, but you can only move up into the top three picks. So let's say. So you can't move from, like, 14 to 4. You can only move from 14 to uh, 1, 2, 3. So if you don't move up, So that's why, like, we, we just stayed at 7. But you can move back. Let's say, like, oh, the, uh, the 14th team. I don't know who it was. Uh, let's say they jump into the top 3. The Nuggets could go from 7, and then they obviously move back to 8. So there was Got a chance. It. They didn't move they didn't move forward, but they also didn't move back. So whatever, well, seventh, they, seventh pick once again. So how did they get the year. seventh pick? Just because they had the seventh the, worst the, record. The Nuggets were no. Uh, no. Actually, they were the ninth, <laughs> but they also owned the Knicks' um, right to swap with the Knicks yeah. to get the better pick. And which uh, was from the, the Knicks Carmelo were the seventh. Trade. Yeah, which was the last vestige of the Carmelo Anthony trade. Oh, low those many years ago, and that actually. Uh, was why the Nuggets were at number seven because they they swap with the Knicks and then the Toronto Raptors um, got the Nuggets uh, ninth pick which is you know it's basically pick swapping and the Knicks traded their rights away to the to the other swap so, so. Knicks Knicks didn't get shit Nuggets got seven Raptors got nine uh, the Philadelphia 76ers who fired their uh, apparently stupid GM Sam Hinky who couldn't get them a number one pick, got the number one pick. Got the number one pick, yes. So Sam Hickey and should get his job back. For the conspiracy theorists out there, Dikembe Mutombo tweeted out earlier in the day, congratulations to the, <laughs> to, the, to the Philadelphia 76ers for winning the draft lottery before the lottery was actually drawn. So <laughs> I heard about this. Yeah. Um, Did he really do that? Yeah. yeah, but I saw the tweet. I didn't the know story was, was that day. somebody from the 76ers 
PR team emailed Dikembe and they said, hey, hey. Mr. Mutombo Mupalumbo, Wanda Mutombo, Wanda Jean-Jacques Wanda Mutombo. Hello. Um, can you please tweet this Good out answer. in the event that we get the number one pick? And Dikembe's like, oh, Twitter, I love Twitter. Yes, I'll do this. <laughs> but he didn't, read, he didn't read the part that said, in the event that we get the number one pick. So we tweeted out hours before. But what's funny is that the, the PR person had a whole justification in the description saying, you know, I understand you're associated with other teams, but because the 76ers are the only team that would be able to get the number one pick, then you don't have any conflict of interest there. Factually incorrect. But doesn't that, yeah, isn't that factually incorrect? Yes. Yeah. Because the Dikembe played for the Atlanta Hawks. Yep. And the New Jersey Nets. Did he I play for kidding. the Knicks? He played for the Knicks for like kidding. a half a season. God. So, But I know and the Nuggets were obviously for the, Houston for the first Nuggets. pick. But how many of those other teams could have gotten the first pick? You guys both talked at the same time. Couldn't hear anything. So I know the Nuggets could have gotten the first pick. But there were, there were other teams that also could have gotten the first pick? 14 teams. Oh, yes. there are 14. All 14 teams are eligible to move into the top three. There's no guarantee that you're going to get the first pick. So Dikembe played for four, all 14 teams. Correct. <laughs> Apparently, yes. Yes. So, but yes, but uh, the Nuggets ended up. And the Nuggets are one of the few teams in the NBA, and I think there's only a handful that have never improved their odds in the lottery any time they've been in. They've um, worsened a bunch of times. They've worsened, yeah, several times. Well, you know what? They don't deserve it. Wait, what are you saying? Because even if they did, like they made one pick one time that was lucky in Carmelo Anthony because they would have picked the other guy Darker, if he was available. Yeah. 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 And every other time lucky they get they a move draft. Up that time. Every other time they get a draft <laughs> pick. They're picking some Marco Polo out of Croatia or something. Well, they, they've actually had a bunch of their lottery picks have actually probably benefited them. Like, moving back was... Uh, Early 90s. Yeah, like Who's the who's in the uh, draft that Christian Leitner was in? Like, I could have seen... 92? I could see Denver taking Leitner, but they ended up with either Lafonso or Fonz. That was Fonz. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, they, they lucked into... Like, that was, I, the, I said that was the Shaquille O'Neal draft. Yeah, like, they've, they've gotten, you know, Matumbo, Lafonso... Uh, Chris Jackson, they've gotten good picks in the lottery by moving now back. Well, they, they traded. Talk about within the last twenty years, maybe. I mean, those three guys you just mentioned are pre. Yeah, they, those were twenty-five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> My goddamn childhood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, the, the the last let's see, they got Jalen Rose I be, uh, uh, in still about ninety-four. Years ago. <laughs> that was, uh, but in ninety-eight, that was nineteen ninety-six. Moved in the two thousand. That was twenty so, years okay, ago. Okay, let's. Like, can we all admit Good. that the, the one that right? stings the most is no, probably no, no. that was like ninety-four or five. <laughs> the one that stings the most is probably the when they selected Ray Lafrance. Jeff tweeted out that what about he was uh, Vili? Yeah, two thousand five. Yeah, but there wasn't. I mean, who was two thousand two? But who was in that draft? Who knows? I don't know. I think Amare went with the pick before that. So, so. Jeff had tweeted out before the lottery that he wouldn't reference ninety four. Either at all or as you're going to get it constantly. If now. the Nuggets moved up, he's like, if the Nuggets move up, I won't talk about '94 anymore, which is total mo- bullshit because he still would. <laughs> but maybe just not as much, or maybe for a week he'd give it a rest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, one or the other. 1994. I mean, that was a great year. I'll tell you what, though, I was, I was pissed off that they didn't move up. I was, I had my hopes up, you know. And when I saw the Raptors card come out of the envelope, I was like, ah. And then when the Nuggets came up at seven, I was like, ah. I, I sat. Uh, I'm, I'm looking right at the booth I was sitting in and the Stiff's Night Out party that we had for the draft night, and I just after the after the lottery, I just kept getting angrier and angrier and angrier, and then I'm like, 
why am I doing this? The, the, we, there's no, con- we have no control over this bullshit. So one of the, so why am I why am I sitting here getting stewing over this? It's, it's and, ridiculous. But even if they did, they would have made the wrong pick. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Ross, let me let me bounce this off you. Have you heard the name Buddy Healed? No. You don't know Buddy Healed? Never heard of him. Jeez, Louise, that was sounds like a nice guy though. I was about to play the casual <laughs> fan part. <laughs> I was almost going to play the casual fan. Even card. the casual fan but knows you did, who you Buddy wa- Heald is. You didn't watch the tournament. Was that the guy who uh, was that the first pick of the Rockies expansion draft? Yeah. David Need. <laughs> David Need. Oh, yeah, yeah, David Need. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, Similar so, last name. So my my buddy that I would say is a little bit more than a casual fan of the Nuggets, even though he may not want to admit it. He had texted me before the lottery and said, "If the Nuggets move in the top three, if they get two or three, they take Buddy Heald." Right. And I'm like, no. And now take. that they got seven, he's like, so we have seven, we take Buddy Heald, right? And I'm like, I guess if he's there, you know, like if he's there. It's, I guess. But it's, so it's kind of a weird pick to be at because it's. Buddy Heald, is he from Lithuania? Or? <laughs> no, he's from uh, it's Oklahoma. It's a weird name. It's not a name. No, he's, oh, he went to Oklahoma. Played for yeah. Oklahoma. It's a weird, I, like I said, Buddy didn't strike me as a, you know, Eastern Block uh, <laughs> type guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not from <laughs> Lithuania <laughs> or Serbia. <laughs> And that's what my and my buddy had also said that he goes, are they going to take some dude from? I was like, Dragon Bender is there, so they could take. They're, no, they will. Would you I, rather I, have a hundred percent guarantee right. you this person? These two names that they pick. Which would you rather have? Is Buddy Hield or Dragon Bender? Dragon Bender is this real name? Yep. Oh, God. I would take him just for the name. Is Buddy Hield white or black? Black. Black. Buddy. <laughs> we don't need. More project players. We need more players, players from, from the, the project. project. That's racist. That's a Ross. That's a Ross. <laughs> that is a racism. Um, yeah, but, I mean, but I, Dragon Bender is the is the. I don't know if Buddy Hill's from the project. So he he could potentially go three. He's from to Oklahoma, the, to or he just went to Oklahoma. He just went to Oklahoma. I don't know. I don't know where, where he's from. What position does he play? Shooting guard. Shooting guard. Yeah, shooting guards. You want your best players at the shooting guard position. That's yes. what my pappy always said. Jordan, Kobe, yeah, those other guys, <laughs> Demar Derozan, <laughs> Demar Derozan, yeah. So I mean, the Nuggets have a draft pick. We'll see what they do. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the, if the Nuggets traded that pick. You know, I mean, this if you're going to trade a draft pick in the top ten, this is probably the year to do it. Whether but, you trade it for another uh, player, trade up, trade back, whatever. But the problem is, everyone else is looking to trade. In this draft, there's so many teams. Well, then trade, to trade up, man. Trade up. This is like the Boston Celtics having to pick number three. Don't the Nuggets have three first round picks? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So trade up there Excellent for pick timing. three and take the guy you could have got at seven. Chris Dunn. I mean, three to seven. It's I don't know how similar the guys are, like how they'll pan out, but it's very very hard, I think, to differentiate between those guys. Although I'm, I love Jamal Murray. I'm going to throw this out there. Jamal have it all. The Nuggets. I think the Nuggets should stay at seven and draft Marquise Chris. At seven, yep. he get he get him at like fifteen probably. I don't think so. I think he'll go top ten. Is this where you guys top pretend 10. to know all the stuff about college basketball players or something? I know no, nothing I about college <laughs> basketball players. But I think they should get Marquise Chris because I even think if, he can re- replace uh, Kenneth Reed. I always say this too: like even if you watch all these games on TV on from your couch or from your laptop on the couch, you're a couch scout. Like, come on, man. You're not and talking to these guys. You're not talking to like people around them. You don't know their work ethic. Like, and we don't you know think shit that makes about these guys. No, I, I I do think if you talk to people around them, if you talk to coaches, former coaches, friends, blah 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 blah, friends you get more coaches. insight. Yeah. Because the hardest thing I think to figure out about a prospect is their work ethic. 
that's the hardest thing to figure out about anybody that you yeah. hire for any job is, yep. is this guy, you know, if, if you start at 7 o'clock, is, does he show up at 7.10? Does he show up at 6.59? Is he here at 6.45? You know, I mean, there's figuring out somebody's work ethic is, is very hard to do, and you can't figure that shit out traffic, by watching TV. Mate. Stuck in traffic. I'm sorry, you know, this is a podcast. Sorry, we're talking about you casually me. talking about work ethic. Yeah. Um, I, I would say uh, Tim Connolly was on uh, the did a vertical kind of video thing with uh, Woj and uh, Chris Mannix, and he said that the Nuggets. He's basically he not even basically he came right out and said the Nuggets don't really pay much attention to pre-draft workouts. They they said you should have all your work done prior to those workouts that you should know as much as you possibly can about that player before those workouts. Well, think about in. this too. Like we talk about pre-draft workouts. There's obviously we had the justice Winslow thing where no matter what you say about it, Jeff had a video of him doing really bad and whatever justice Winslow, good NBA player. Uh, Rodney hood had a horrible workout for the Denver nuggets. Really bad. Uh, phenomenal NBA player prospect so far. So pre-draft workouts, yeah, is that a legitimate? A Test? legitimate like? Nah. I mean, however, I will have video of the Nuggets pre-draft workout <laughs> tomorrow, so be sure and pay attention to that one that I well, filmed. I can see how that would be incredibly entertaining and informative and interesting for yeah. a fan, but right. for a coach, coach yeah, scouts, they, they, they got to know GMs, before, and, and it's right because you you got to know the coach of the player. You got to know. The person that sees the, the, these people every day, because you could do all the pre-draft workouts you you can think of, but if you've not even ta- communicated with the people who have seen that guy through all these steps, in the NFL it's the same way. If you don't know these people, you're not going to know, as Nate said, about their work ethic or all that stuff that really is valuable going forward. Because there's intrinsic things about uh, a player, a prospect prospect that goes beyond game film and what they show you there's the men- the mental aspect which is the hardest one to capture yeah, i mean I that, that's the whole thing right i mean look at you know stro miles swift and kevin garnett probably somewhat similar talent ranges yeah. kevin garnett i've said this for years kevin garnett kobe duncan jordan these guys are psychopaths about wanting to be the best in their field. Yep. That's what you have to find. It doesn't matter how you find it, where you find it, 1, 2, 7, 15, whatever. You have to find somebody that, that really cares about what they're doing. And it doesn't – it doesn't. Not, everything else, I mean, these guys are all talented. You have to find somebody that's willing to, like, basically kill themselves on the court. Quick question. Would you describe Steph Curry as a psychopath? About basketball? Oh, yeah. He so. is, like, in, he's the same, in the same – uh, would you put him in the same bucket? And I'm not talking about skill or talent. I'm talking about that. What you're talking about, that mentality, is Kobe or Jordan. And, and we all know Kobe was just, like, emulating Jordan. But I guess let's just in Jordan. Let's just say Jordan. Do you put him in the same? Because the reason why, that's I, good, that's the reason, a really good question. The reason why I bring that up is because I heard, uh, yes. yeah, I, sure. I heard that the other day somebody talking about um, LeBron. And how he's not the same type of guy as Kobe, Jordan, etc. He wants to that. play more team ball. He likes guys having him around him. Um, Steph Curry uh, certainly plays team basketball. And he does not dominate you with his will, right? He doesn't right. overpower you psychologically. He just 
literally crushes every single shot. He just makes every single shot he takes. But yeah. there's something kind of psychological about that. Sure. I mean, it's overpowering. Right. But, them, there's the, but, but, but I think that's part of a, 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 a pursuit to get better yourself. And I think part of that lays hand in hand with what the Warriors do. I'm, I've always wondered what it would be if, if Steph Curry ended up on a team that didn't have emphasized shooting the way the Golden State Warriors have since he, he came into the league. You know, I think part of that plays into that hands, but you can't separate that, I don't think. Jordan was classed by himself as far as being that psychopath that Nate, Nate talked about. Um, like, Jordan is like, you know, the Terminator, and Steph Curry's like James Bond. Yeah. You know, well, okay, both basically analogy. perfect, yeah, but they go about totally different you know mentality right but how do you ca- that the problem is how do you capture that how do you find another guy like that you i can, mean it's really you can hard tell too like because steph does it in a different way I love, this is great art or a great debate or conversation like you can tell in games when things aren't going steph's way that he's irked you know and there's something that and when he starts hitting shots and doing his shoulder shimmies and stuff maybe he just maybe it comes out in a different way or he does it differently but it does seem like he has that ultra competitiveness that those guys have. It's just, it's different. It, you, you know, they used to, you know, back in my day, there was a term we used. Back in your day. Yeah, called Enfuego. Ooh. Google it, kids. Enfuego. Yeah. Google that and Google Dan Patrick, who's probably dead now. <laughs> um, <laughs> From his eight-hour radio <laughs> shows every day. What is the deal with that? Get back in the booth. God, <laughs> what does that show even mean? Like, I don't understand what that show is. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but like they would have like sports center highlights and a guy would hit four shots in a row yeah. and you'd just be like, Oh my God, that never happens. You yeah. know, Steph Curry's like, like it's been two years now. Right. I mean, it's, and I keep thinking that it's a streak, you know, but I mean, obviously, I mean, in Fuego for two years, it's, I mean, it's, it's different. Like, you know, I don't know. It's just a different thing that I've never seen. As, before, as they but, say, you can't coach shooting. But know, it's like, different yeah. than Jordan, too, like, yeah. or any of the guys. Well, we talked about this. I was, I was uh, talking with my roommate last night. He's a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Loves Kobe. And we started talking about Kobe versus LeBron. Who's what a better player? to your friend as a child? I don't know. A lot of, lot of bad stuff. Uh, so we started talking about, you know, Kobe versus LeBron. Who's a better player? And then it kind of melts into Steph, and he's like, you know, I heard these people say that Steph is, is better than Kobe, and Steph's 28. His birthday is March 14th. He's had a couple good, like, really, obviously, last year, this year, huge breakout years. Like, it's, it's interesting to think of where he's going to fit into this greatest players of all time conversation because it's, it's almost like Terrell Davis. I mean, he's not injured, but it's just a shorter window of greatness, right? Because how, how long can he do this? That's how, true. how long does it last? It's true. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, LeBron's obviously been doing it for a long time. Kobe did it for like what twenty years almost yeah. or something. Twenty years in the on the nail. I, I, and and you know, Kobe as I, I, my dad and I watched his last game together. I, we were here doing a podcast with Ryan Edwards, and then it was a great show, by the way. Sorry, we he, we went home, yeah. and that was the night of Kobe's last game. We, I went home. You guys didn't talk and to then me I about went, me enough on the podcast. Usually, I know I should have brought you up more. Sorry, we should have. Yeah. Ryan Edwards talked about you Constantly. before the show, after uh, the show. Yeah, just I want to know a lot about you. Just not on the air. Um, we and then I I went home, and then I went to to talk to my dad, and then I'm like, 
we had the – he said, Jeff, I want you to sit with me, stay with me here, and watch Kobe's last game because I think we need to. And as the game went on and as Kobe was getting close to 60 points, my dad started getting more and more excited. And I'm like, this is interesting because my dad's appreciation for players like Allen Iverson, who he loved, and Kobe Bryant, which is very interesting coming from someone who's in his late 60s. Now. I loved Iverson, hated yeah. Kobe. And, it's, it's, and he started getting more and more excited. And when Kobe hit that shot to, to get 60... I mean, he was just <laughs> pumping his fists and kicking his legs. And I'm like, this is pretty fun. Watching it with someone who's actually appreciating this sort of thing and not looking at it like, you know, and the numbers and the efficiency is uh, I, all I, off right now. I really liked it, too. It, was, <laughs> it felt horrible. But I loved it. it but was it was fun. like a guilty pleasure. And you were, like, watching this amazing thing happen, which he, he took, like, 900 shots. But still, I mean, it was, like, fun to watch. And then at that point, I realized during the, the course of me covering this game, um, I've lost that aspect of fun of it. It's, a, it's, it's become much, a lot more serious. And a lot of these players are like that same thing. They like Kobe. They like the fun aspect of Kobe. Universally, almost, Kobe is loved. Uh, and if you're not like Dwight Howard or Shaquille O'Neal, he is. But he was loved for being an asshole. He was. <laughs> I mean, he was a. This is the only year he's ever had fun. And my big question with these guys too is is the longevity factor. Does like with Terrell Davis, with Steph Curry, you know, if you're great for a small window, does it matter that you weren't great for 20 years? I mean, some guys like like Steph had the injuries. Terrell had the injuries later in his career. Steph had them early. Does that matter? I mean, can you put Steph on the same level as guys like Kobe? Um. That's really it's hard. I mean, right? I, I mean, he's know. only like, got he's, it's, he's it's only has one championship. Right? Like so. Kobe Bryant's been a force. Like he was a force, right? And he was also, I mean, he's a like a front runner, right? Kobe was never an underdog. You know, was he Nike or both Nike yeah, and Nike, Adidas? Ben Adidas, yeah, right? Yeah. Like he's always been, you know, in tons of commercials from you know the time he was seventeen years old. He's been you know that type of guy. He was the next Jordan before LeBron, right? I mean. Steph Curry kind of is a phenomenon. He's more of a, of of a, some cr- like crazy thing we're watching that we're not really sure we understand. And you he's know, the he's, first. He's like yeah, he's Under Armour shoes, right? Like he's fundamentally know. changing the game of basketball. Teams are trying to emulate what they're doing. Right. Well, you know, it, they even said with Buddy Hield uh, at the pre-draft who? lottery, Buddy Hield from <laughs> Oklahoma, the uh, the. The woman uh, sports reporter that was interviewing him said, you know, people say that you're the next, you know, Steph Curry from with your shooting. And he's like, please don't say that. <laughs> you know, like, come on, don't give me that label. This guy's well, did, did, unbelievable. Well, that's interesting, though. Did Steph go to four years at Davidson? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, because he's 28 now. Well, uh, but he healed four years at Oklahoma. NBA prospects, That's like in the, exactly in, the same in the draft. Draft no, him. No, no, no. But in the draft, <laughs> wasn't exa- good enough to get drafted as a junior. Did get he, him. He was drafted in 2009. The change from 2009 to now, t- teams are more reluctant to go with a guy who's 22 because they assume yeah, that like, there's something wrong with him. It's like it's garbage. And, and the yeah. funny thing about that too is like, I don't, I don't know if got uh, you see these jumps. I, I said it was like CJ McCollum of the Blazers. He played at. Lehigh, 
in college, and, and you see this jump that he made this year, finally getting minutes. Will Barton, kind of the same thing. Like, you know, how do these guys make these jumps? And does it matter? Do you need to draft a 19 year old? And the only thing that we think about is from 19 to 22, they're going to learn like some epiphany is going to happen to where they're going to be fantastic. And Jonathan Abrams' book, which I've been referencing all the time, that Boys Among Men book, basically, what to me, what that lays out is. It doesn't matter what age you draft these guys. Again, it comes back to this thing of work ethic, of, you know, they all have talent, but work ethic and talent go hand in hand. And it's well, crazy. Like, so that guy, I haven't read that book, but is, are you saying in so many words that work ethic can't be taught or learned? Like, it, you have to be born with it? Jeff, you just said you can't coach shooting, um, not when you're 22, you know, but... I, I agree with that. But are you saying you can't coach work ethic or you can't? I think you can. I think if you are shown the right ways to go about it, I, th- I think you can definitely be taught work ethic. Well, it's and, a nature or nurture kind of thing, isn't it, though? I mean, is it did some of you? Nature it, versus nurture. <laughs> nature, what is it? What's that line? <laughs> nature versus nurture something. Nature always wins. I don't know. <laughs> Wedding crashers? Nobody? It was freaking... Uh, what's his name? Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Boy, I I've know. only saw that movie once. I could not quote it. Anyway, uh, but it's like, do you think that... <laughs> do you think that they're... Like, we had this discussion today about Yusuf Nurkic. Do you think attitude issues are a something that cannot be worked out of you? Is it something that is just will stay with you for the rest of your life? I... Like if somebody's an entitled prick, are they always going to be an entitled? Are prick? they always going to be an entitled prick, <laughs> or do they? Just no, I'm not like, saying Nurk- Nurkic is. No, that. we're not I'm saying, saying that at all. That's the that's mindset. A, that's an F. That's a foreign example. When, yeah. when they're, I mean, I know what you're saying, and and I think, it's like, it ha- it come. I think it comes down to like we've talked about players, right? We're talking about players, and that's. Talk about the pieces players? of the puzzle. Talk about right. Talk players? about players. Yeah, players. Man. Now I think we're doing a game. Players. players. And <laughs> I saw that the other day. That was the anniversary of that press conference, and I watched it again. Oh, now so that I know he was drunk in that, it makes so much more sense. <laughs> and I've always loved that little talk meltdown, about. But he was he was drunk, I guess. Right? Is that what happened? Like we found Did out you, later, years I've later. Heard so many good Iverson. Did you guys stories? watch the it's... watch the Iverson documentary? No, the... I can't. I think it's too sad. His man's got an interesting life. Oh, an interesting life. It's yeah. it's fascinating. That's to why me. people like Iverson is because he's an underdog. Yeah, in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, oh, but the, the point you were the, making. The players, yeah. 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 I mean, there's guys like Dwight Howard. I think who would probably never really, you know, reach their his potential in any environment. Right. Like it's just not going to happen. Best coaches, best organization. But I think the majority of guys. Um, that ha- you know that are out there that are maybe borderline and let's face it you know, I don't care where you're from or what your background is if you're 19 or 20 years old you're probably going to have some attitude issues some work ethic issues I think so it's yeah. just like yeah you're right so a, and a good example of that not to cut you off too much Ross is Carl Anthony Towns there was a, a big question all of last year should it be you know I just keep wanting to say a Mecca Okafor. It's Jaleel Okafor. <laughs> Jaleel Okafor or Carl Anthony Towns. Who's the number one pick? Who's it going to be? It's Towns. Towns goes to Minnesota. Okafor goes to the Sixers. 
Okafor this season gets arrested outside of a club. I don't know if he got arrested, but he got in a fight outside of a club. All this, he got a huge speeding ticket, yes. blah, blah, blah. Carl Anthony Towns goes to Minnesota where Kevin Garnett is as a veteran player that's waiting to become part of the ownership group, and Kevin Garnett takes Towns under his wing. You know, if it was flipped, I mean, how much how much of a role did Garnett play in, in getting Towns on track? And if Garnett wasn't there, would Towns have had the same year that he had? Absolutely it's, it's not. It's a crazy question. Yeah, I think you need veteran leadership. You can have the greatest coaching staff on the planet, but if the players respect players. And that's why the Nuggets signed Mike Miller. That's why Tim Connolly uh, and the Nuggets decided to... Mike Miller you know, the veteran leadership? Big he's, time. He's a big right. locker big time. room guy. Yeah. I mean, he's been right. doing he – did, he did this yes. podcast with Matt Moore where he talked about the work, the pregame workout he does that he's been doing before games his entire career. And he does th- the same workout, whether he was starting for Washington, Memphis, whoever, that he does now with the Nuggets as basically a player coach. And, and his consistency and everything he does, like these younger guys see what he does, and it's like, you know – it rubs off. That might he might be great, but my first reaction to that is like, yeah, but I mean maybe uh, oh he's got the tier, LeBron James seal of approval maybe though. a tier two <laughs> veteran leader like really good still yeah you know but uh, but he has you know. he has that LeBron James seal of approval which I think goes a long way with these uh, we almost had a brawl in the Cleveland uh, Toronto game cats. For real? Bismack Biombo was out with the Matumbo finger. We're wagging it at uh, Kyrie Irving. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but there is a, if you don't have that kind of veteran, I mean, Jahil, Jahil Okafor had Im- one of those seasons where you're like, dude, what's wrong with you? But then you look at the roster, and there was no one on that roster that was that kind of veteran leader. And people scoff at that notion, but... You players respect other players. It, it really is a truism of the NBA. <clears throat> One of the reasons San Antonio has been able to bring in all these other players, it started with David Robinson with Tim Duncan, and then it's just continued on with Tim Duncan through these other players that have come on to the Spurs. They respect Tim Duncan. They follow him. That allows Greg Popovich to do whatever he needs to do. If you don't have that kind of thing, it's just not going to work. You're going to have what happened to Jill Oka for this well, that's, year. Those are the pieces of what creates the culture of a, a good organization. It's no, you know, it's, it's no mystery why teams like San Antonio are perpetually good and teams like the Nuggets are not, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't want to focus on the Nuggets, like, you know, just the Colorado podcast, but... Uh, CSG. <laughs> That's it. But, uh, you know, who, who's in the leadership of the Nuggets? You know, I mean, I know Tim Connolly. I know Michael Malone. Um, I know no, no, Josh Kroenke. Um, uh, who else, you know, the only guy I've heard you mention is Michael Miller, Mike Miller, right? Is that his name? Free agent. Don't know if he'll be back. Right. I mean, who else is, is in there? Their Nuggets had no organization. Real, Nuggets had no real leader this year. There was no. I don't. I mean, can you think of anyone, Nate, that stood out to you? Leadership wise, um, I mean, with Chandler Hurt, with Gallinari, kind of kind of free. No, I mean, no. Leadership. They brought on J- J- Jameer Nelson. Non players. Non players. Non players. Yeah. I'm talking about the guys that aren't on the court, like Jarrett Jeffries in the front office. 
I, mean, I don't know how much respect he garners. I mean, guys respect him, but I mean, no, there's there's nobody that it's like. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That's a tough one to answer, kind of, because for me, it's like yeah, I look at it and you think, you know, to me that that begs the question of who do you not want to disappoint? Like, what guy would you show up late and you'd be like, hope he doesn't see me coming late? Yeah. And it, that's that's a hard one to answer. I mean, I think it would probably be your GM. I mean, it'd probably be Conley. It'd probably be Michael Malone. I think for sure. Yeah. I mean, I th- there's Pinkney, Ed Pinkney, Ed Pinkney, maybe. But and to be honest with you, it d- doesn't. I I hate saying this, but it does. I, if Michael, Mike, Mike, Michael Malone could be the biggest leader on the planet. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. They need player leaders. But then again, I mean, shit. If that's if, right. that's if that's the question, I mean, the Hornets should win the championship. But Michael Jordan's their owner. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to disappoint him. Yeah. And how much? How much does that carry? You know. Right. Well, I think Jordan is like the Pacers. Uh, Larry Bird's there. Like what? Is team sucked. Jordan's like a Neanderthal or something. Like he's a machine. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know. He would just be. You could he, never make could him you, happy. Could you picture Jordan ever giving a like a motivational speech? No. He'd no. just be like, "Just do it." Yeah. Like, What's your fucking problem, <laughs> yeah. idiot? I think Bird's. Is, <laughs> well, that was the same thing with Larry Bird. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, uh, Larry Bird had a, has a, he fired Frank Vogel, and he has this axiom. That was the Pacers' that, coach. Ross. Yeah, but, I've heard about it. And yeah. it was a big surprise. He Larry Bird only believes in coaches for three three years. years. Yeah. yeah, and. I did not he actually. was like, Mag- remember, do you guys remember when Magic Johnson was the coach of the Lakers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of the reasons that he quit is because he couldn't understand why the players weren't just doing it. Why they weren't just doing what he needed them to do. Oh, the he Brian just Shaw theory. He couldn't understand because, but, but star players, it's even worse. I mean, they can't understand why you just don't know how to do it. And Larry Bird had the same problem. Magic Johnson had the same. I mean, Larry Bird, they they seem with the finals, and then after the finals, he says, "I'm done." <laughs> and then that was it. So it's like, fine, but you need coming back to the players. You need that guy on your roster. You need the guy that everyone else listens to because that is what matters. You can have a wizard coach out there, but there is nothing that they're, the players are going to listen to unless they have that one player that says allows that coach to be a coach. And I don't, I don't think it's the fact that we think that it's that way. It's the way that we know that it's that way from being around teams and, and hearing from guys and players and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you just that's just kind of the way things are in the NBA. Yep. Well, you guys sold me. I mean, probably. I'm all in on Buddy Dragon. <laughs> Buddy, Buddy Dragon. Dragon. Buddy Dragon, the next Nuggets draft pick. Is it the same thing in the NFL, too? Like, what makes an NFL player successful? Is it a completely different question? Major League Baseball? Hockey? I mean, is it. Different sports. It's clearly the organization, the institution, the culture. 100%. I've heard a lot of. Uh, very bad things about this current Broncos coaching staff that really scares me for Paxton Lynch's future. <laughs> and and basically was why Brock Osweiler did not re-sign with the Broncos because there was like zero freedom for quarterbacks to be quarterbacks under Gary Kubiak. I mean, what, so, what are you going to argue with Gary Kubiak now? I mean, yes. Really? I mean, come on. The I mean, defense won that Super Bowl. Um, who's who's been a successful quarterback under Kubiak? What difference does it make? If you don't, that's want to my be a question. Quarterback, that's my question. Yeah. Right? Is what difference does it make? Um, I don't know. I mean, 
whether or not it's Kubiak or not, or whatever the other coaches are, clearly something is going very well over there. And it's different. It's different with football because there's. 50, what, 54 players? How is it different? I mean, there's still, in the NBA, there's still I've heard, a, I've heard Peyton Manning ignored teams. a lot of play calls yeah, and yeah, called his own plays. Yeah, it is hard. hard called a damn timeout in the Super Bowl because he <laughs> called an audible. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Um, but it's like it's like with, with you have 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and then a whole bunch of other players that, that are backups. But it's like, it's, hey, hurt, it's more of like a herding cats 12 thing. on defense. Sometimes yes, twelve. Sometimes twelve, and they get penalties for that. <laughs> yes. um, but it, it's one of those. It's sometimes one of, you have that fifth man down there on Dimble. <laughs> I mean, it, the Shannon Sharp it, very interesting <laughs> on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, he's he's very insane. He's absolutely insane. I, I have no doubt why CBS fired that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dimble. <laughs> sure, he was a problem from the get-go. Sorry to interrupt, Dimble. Continue I mean, what you sorry. were saying because I was going to crush your argument. No, no, no. <laughs> football. Stay your case you, so I can demolish you it. Can't, you can't compare football to anything. You cannot compare football to any other sport. You, well, you can. All right. If this you the, can it's compare the success biggest of, roster. It's the, compare, all that stuff. You can compare success of, of organizations. You can, you can look at repeatable success, whether it's. Football, oh yeah, basketball, or not even in sports. But that's kind of a that's kind and of philosophy is, rather than uh, actionable, right? Well, so like you have, well, break it down into two columns. You have some people that know what they're doing in general, and then you have the other side of people who don't know what they're doing, and maybe there's a third place where people are learning. I have no clue yeah. how to build a successful NFL team. I feel like I could build a thirty-win NBA team. <laughs> <laughs> So you are the Dan Issel of uh, <laughs> Colorado Sports no, guys. Congratulations. <laughs> if I was the GM of a football team, we might win one game. If I was the GM of a hoops team, we're probably, we're probably in a lottery unless we're in the Eastern Conference. And we might a, have a shot at eight. NBA is such a player's league. It's, you, need, you need that guy. But, but then again, if I'm an NBA GM, our team probably goes like 17 and 65, and I'm fired after the first year. Yes. So like none, none of anything well, that you did made sense. We have fired Nate Timmons. Everyone is now dumber for having been <laughs> under your command for a year. We have fired him. Be like, we, shit. He cannot. We, in fact, he's banned from the NFL or the NBA. But it, it's it, anyway. That's one of the. That's one of the aspects of it. It's it's a philosophical thing that you're talking about. I feel because yeah, there's organizational things which are which are follower followable in every sport, but the actual tangible things you can't follow because they're just completely different. What do you guys think it. you could build better, an NFL team or an NBA team, or hockey NBA or baseball? Team. NBA. NBA. Hundred percent. Jeff? NFL, they're all interchangeable. So easy. <laughs> they're literally a dime a dozen in the NFL. You cannot, it, it's, there's so many of them. You can just like, I would plug them in. I would back a dump truck full of money up to the biggest free agent every year. Although it wouldn't work because everybody has money now. In NFL or in NBA? NBA. Yeah. NFL, I don't know. They, they, there's a lot of, uh, need like eight or nine Pete D'Alessandro's in the NFL to figure out that damn hmm. salary cap. because they're all. Sounds familiar. Pete D'Alessandro. Whatever mm. happened to that guy? Mm. He is uh, with the Nuggets. Pepsi Center. Yeah, see him every once in a while. He just kind of walks around. Does looking, it looking drive you guys crazy as the Nuggets devout of just seeing the, the, the players that failed miserably and GMs that were fired from here just going deep into the 
into the playoffs and possibly winning it. Are you talking about Masai Ujiri? Right? I'm I talking about Masai Ujiri. <laughs> I'm talking about J.R. Smith. I'm, I'm Smith. talking about Andre Iguodala. Yeah, but J.R. Smith, I mean, you go Hornets, Bulls, Nuggets, Knicks. I mean, he's been around the block. So that's the thing, right? We yep. were talking about attitude earlier. Yeah. Are guys just doomed? Are they just unfixable or unusable? Well, apparently I mean, not. J.R., look at it this way. J.R. played with Carmelo. It's Andy. The big right. stiff. So Jared played with Carmelo, right? I'll take my headphones off now. You can get away with murder. Jared played with LeBron James. Ross is leaving. <laughs> no, no, he's just gonna take my microphone. You're not gonna go. You're not gonna get away with the same shit as you know with Carmelo as your leader versus LeBron as your leader. I don't think LeBron's gonna like murder you, but he's definitely shown signs of being like somebody that you don't want to disappoint. Right. No, I mean LeBron is a unique guy too. He's He's really interesting, in fact, because... Super interesting. He, like, he must have had very good advisors or people around him at a young age to... Because he's run his whole thing like a corporation from the very beginning. You well, know? I mean, like, think about that. LeBron James, and I'll throw master, a name at right? you. LeBron James, Lenny Cook. Which guy was more talented? I'm going to go with LeBron James because, uh, you know, he's probably the best basketball player ever to play the game. <laughs> Lenny Cook, you know, super talented, uh... Loved to hit the nightclubs as a high schooler. Didn't quite make it in the NBA. Didn't quite pan out. Why? You know, I, again, I keep well, coming back to that. You know, I keep, that's you know a what million I keep other stories. You know what I keep too. coming back to? But is one of, the most, like, one of the most talented players I ever saw in person, an actual, actual talent, um, was, was uh, Keon Clark. Dude, I, had, I knew you were going to say Keon Clark. He was Clark. Keon Clark, and then the, he, what separated him from everyone else was that Keon Clark did not have the mental makeup to succeed in the NBA. He just didn't. And I think that's what really, even though LeBron has some questionable mental parts of his game, he's very passive aggressive, but he still can turn it on. Keon Clark was physically gifted and had a lot of talent and could not turn it on. And he couldn't, he didn't have the drive or any of that. And then he ended up like, ended up in jail. I think he's in jail now. Like it's (laughs) This is it's like this is what happens. You're you know? bumming me out, man. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. but yeah, you, a, but you I, knew I was going to talk about <laughs> Keon Clark. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I just I just that to me that's the most interesting question of of any sport is trying to figure out like who's going to be good and who's not, and you know whether they're good during a game or not doesn't really matter that much. You know, everybody's good. Everybody has talent. Everybody has talent. You know, I mean, figuring out the other shit that like if they're actually going to succeed. How do you figure that out? And then you play, put injuries in the situation. It's like, good luck. You know? Steph Curry if has one more ankle team, injury before they win a title, and they're toast. I, if I was running a team, I would say no injuries. <laughs> Andy Feinstein. Andy Fe- Jake Feinstein. So he, Andy, you going on a uh, boat trip to Cherry Creek soon? What's that? What's that? You going boating on the Cherry Creek Reservoir? Or something? I don't know. I'm going to Mexico tomorrow. I'm just getting in the mood. <laughs> Are you really? Uh, I, had to, I had to go to a business attire event, and I realized that my suits were the dry cleaner, so I had to wear pants. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't I, do I love jeans. That combination. Yeah, we're currently discussing. We should ask for Jeff's approval. Does this work? Oh, it's fine. All right. It's well, fine. as long as we have yeah. Jeff's approval, you need more flair in it, though. Yeah, we're currently discussing uh, what makes a player. How do you know if a, if a player is going to be good or not? 
Like from a college player to a pro player? Yeah. Like, uh, or high school to pro. Yeah. I think that um, uh, it's really hard. Obviously, it's really hard. I mean, look, you look at guys like Thomas Robinson, who are really good in college, total flame out, fourth yeah. overall pick. Um, you know, Hashim Hathabit was a legitimate center in college, second overall pick, total flame out. What I look for is, if it's possible, is how quick is their release and how quick do they recover on defense? Because I think that the, that extra just couple seconds in the NBA is the difference between good players and also ran players. And so the guy that I'm really intrigued in is Buddy Heald. And I know he's a dead-eye shooter. Um, but we've got to figure out, is his release quick enough? And is he quick enough to recover on a defensive switch or something like that? Because I think that's where the transition from college to pro bites a lot of these guys in the ass. Um, whereas I think like what makes, I mean, Steph Curry is such an anomaly, but what makes him so special is that quick release. What do you weigh in on mental makeup of guys? Huge. How yeah. How do you know? Well, look at Buddy Heald again. I mean, took his team deep into the tournament as a senior, stayed for four years. Now he had a total flame out final four game, unfortunately, but yeah. I think that's pretty good mental makeup. I mean, he, to me, reminds me of what Dwayne Wade did at Marquette as a junior. Um, so that's, that's, that's there. I mean, but yeah, certainly, certainly a body language. Do they pat on the bench? Uh, do they quit on their teammates? Do they give up? I mean, that's, those are all the alarm bells that are going off. I'm sure around Ben yeah. Simmons right now. Yeah. Uh, so th- those are a few Andy's two cents on drafting. <laughs> Andy's two cents. Um, <laughs> and you know, my theory, Nate, Nate loves my theory. If you're drafting after 10, you want to take a guy who was an undersized power forward and played four years <laughs> in college and kicked ass in the tournament. You can't go wrong. Uh, wait, wait, how big is Marquise Chris? He's big, but he's only a freshman. So he's, he's only a freshman. He doesn't okay. pass any his age test. He doesn't pass the age test. But I like Buddy Heald, and I like the fact that he played uh, college ball at Kansas and uh, – uh, I'm sorry, high school ball in Kansas, college ball in Oklahoma nearby, and uh, that's my two cents. But I got a jet. Love you guys. I appreciate your support for Jake's. Good to see that Ross still exists, and I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Bye, Andy. Bye, Andy. Andy Feinstein. Jake Feinstein. Down here at Jake's Food and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street, drink specials all week long. Crazy stuff like trivia, bingo. Well, this is one of the few nights that they don't Huge. have anything going on. So, well, yeah. What do you mean? We're uh, podcasting. Yeah, well, we're, I know, I know, but I mean, they don't, we don't have uh, the, the any, A47 in the background. But, I mean, any time the sun's <laughs> out here at Jake's, the patio is packed. This Huge is true. Patio. This is true. And it's a, it's a great patio. Dog Everyone should come down. Well. Everyone should come down. And in fact, they've changed their menu completely, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they have renamed a lot of different food, but they've also added a, a, bar, a Memphis barbecue section of it. So um, they I think, renamed uh, the, uh, uh, all the hot hamburgers hot dogs. Yes. So just, and they, consulted, uh, they yes, consulted Matt Moore on the Memphis barbecue list. He gave it two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. And that's yes. unofficial. That's unofficial. And that's also from, unauthorized. What would a guy from Chicago know anything about barbecue? That's I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. He grew up eating hot dogs on a All lake. right, come on down to Jake's for some famous Chicago barbecue. <laughs> No pizza, just barbecue. <laughs> oh, classic. All right, what else are we going to talk about? So I've been, this podcast is almost over. Yeah, I, yeah. No, we've got to talk about what we're watching, by the way. We're, oh, uh, guys, like, there's so much to discuss. Because Nate, Nate's Mr. You know, he's, he's Mr. Busy now, so, so let's, I don't know Let's if wrap up the Nuggets talk. Uh, seventh pick, going to win the title, going to draft somebody good. Boom. Buddy Heald. Marquise Chris. Draft Marquise Chris. I'm going to go with Buddy Heald. I'm never going to remember Marquise Chris. I'm going to be like, is it Marquise Chris or Marquise uh, I want Chris? them to figure out a way to get Jamal Murray. So, Wow. No Jamal consensus Murray, from the uh, Jamal CSG Murray, podcast. that sounds promising. Jamal, have it all. I'll go with that. He's Jamal from Ontario. And if anything is leaning towards a trend in the NBA recently, it's Canadian players. damn Canadian. Yeah. These black Canadians are amazing. <laughs> These <That>. black Canadians. <laughs> 
Nate Timmons. We're going to put that under your, 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 your tombstone. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll tweet that out. Draft <laughs> as a black long Canadian. as it's Ontario. I'm also <laughs> half Canadian, kind of, so I can say that kind of half stuff. Half Canadian, yes, sir. And you I are. listen to hip-hop, so if we're all they good. draft the some son of a bitch from Quebec, <laughs> I'm quitting. And you have three black friends. No Quebec, guys? Ontario's fine. Okay. Quebec? Uh-uh. Yeah. Is, uh-uh. is it the French thing? Frogs. Yeah. That's it's what my the, dad calls the them. Frogs and... You can call them frogs? My dad calls them frogs. My dad might be a huge racist. (laughs) He hates French Canadians with a passion. Doesn't mind people from France. French Canadians hates them. Wow. Hmm. Learning more about the Timmons Timmons side of the family. A lot of bad things happened up in Nova Scotia. (laughs) Nova Scotia, yeah. Now, Nova Scotia, that's probably nice. That's where the Trailer Park Boys was filmed. Ball players up there, I'm guessing. That was filmed in Halifax. Oh, yeah. Trailer Park Boys. I'd love to go to Halifax. Chiller Park Boys came out with a uh, kind of like Arrested Development, a new series. Two, like they've had two new series after. I didn't like them. I didn't like either. I turned them off. Hmm. The show, the show got um, overwhelmingly pessimistic to me. Let me give you guys uh, a topic. I gotta take a break real fast. I'll give you talk it. Talk amongst yourselves. Chiller Park Boys. Um, Dev, you or Netflix series on your way to the pisser. Why don't you uh, order us another round of drinks? <laughs> All right, Trailer Park Boys. Uh, Jeff, never seen it. Next topic. <laughs> I've seen it. seen it. I have seen it. We could talk about that with Nate when he returns. Oh, my God. Um, One of the first conversations I ever had with Nate Timmons, he was like, I watched the Bieber documentary. It was actually really good. I was you're like, kidding oh, me. He actually said okay. that? Yeah, all right. I'll check it out. Who knows? This is something interesting. Has, this is something he has never admitted to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like Bieber documentary. I mean, it was yeah. like six yeah. years ago, that, that documentary about Bieber doing his YouTube Oh, interesting. Thing. Well, that's... And uh, uh, so, I mean... I'm not going to say that I have, like, like if Nate says something's good, I'm going to assume it's absolutely not. I'm just going to say it's likely not very good. So when he recommended Trailer Park Boys to me years ago, I just kind of just put it off the list. Yeah. Well, um, I, I saw, let's see, there, God, there's been so much that has come on Netflix recently. I did a review on Cover Sports Guys of the, the show River, which was I, I thought was excellent. Um, that you thought your review was excellent? <laughs> the review <laughs> and the show are excellent. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was, it's, but it's like I, I tend to lean towards more cerebral things as far as, you know, it is, uh, it is I thought it was well acted and very well done. Um, and uh, Nate, Nate has just returned from his, his sabbatical. Should you give us another round or what? Not yet. Didn't see the Witchers. Look for you. Um, we uh, have you. I saw the last two seasons. Trailer Park Boys. As we're oh, we're back, back to Trailer Park. Still on that? Back? <laughs> right now, I'm going to go to the back. I saw the last two seasons. I thought they were terrible. You watched all of them. I just couldn't get through. Did the early seasons uh, with those guys and Leahy? It was amazing. Leahy was incredible. I loved the fact that they had a. Uh, one, an episode that featured uh, Alex Lifeson from Rush, yeah. and uh, they kidnapped him, and it was ama- an amazingly funny episode. There's a guy uh, that I work with now. Who is one of the guitar players from Rush? Alex Lifeson. Yes. So I guess he had came into uh, my buddy's restaurant in Moab when they were driving cross country or something. Really? And, like, the wait staff. Like kind of recognize him, but not really. And my friend was kind of a Rush fan, like definitely knew who he was. And they told him afterwards about this guy and described him and what he said he was doing and what he looked like and this and that. And he goes, yeah, that's the guitar player from Rush. <laughs> and then, did he write a book? I don't know. 
I think he wrote a book, and he mentioned in the book uh, the restaurant and his really? experience there. It was kind of crazy. Oh, well, that's uh, interesting. Oh, man, Alex Lifeson, yeah. It seemed pretty cool. Um, so I was telling Ross that uh, I, I wrote the review of uh, River for... Uh, yeah, uh, I want to watch that. I it is it really good. It's a good review. It's really good. Made me want to watch the show. I didn't read all of it. I read about half of it because I didn't want to ruin it all. <laughs> but you didn't have too many spoilers. No, there so was. I, I made it made it a point not to have a lot of spoilers yeah. in there. Um, do you? I mean, are you a fan of of kind of like cerebral things though? It's 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 a it's a cop drama, but it's kind of a you know, it's not. Like quick it's not, moving. It's not really what it's about. It's about something else. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. I, lo- I mean, I, I thought The Wire was about that. Like yeah. The, you're right. Yeah. And I definitely appreciate that kind of stuff. And uh, I watched uh, Will Arnett's show on Netflix called Boy, Flaked. I could not get through that because I, I was expecting something different. It's like a really like gut-wrenching, hard-to-watch show. And it ends, and it's, it's one of those shows, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast before, but it's one of those shows that ends, and you go, that's not the actual end, is it? Did you ever watch, have you watched Flaked on Netflix? Yeah, loved it. Oh, it's I, hard I, to I watch, just though, isn't it? Him, I, oh, it I loved so, it. I thought so it was great. for me. I, 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 think yeah, I was, it was expecting weird. something different. I couldn't believe I liked, well, I couldn't believe at the end of the episode, I was like, got to watch another one. <laughs> me I too. I was it. like, yeah. I got to give There's it three episodes, no and then I'll decide. No reason why I should like that episode. I mean, that first episode, you're like, what the hell is going on here? He's in a he's in a group. He's I, in an, uh, like an AA group or something like that. And I they, tweeted to him after I got done watching it, and then somebody uh, quote tweeted my tweet, and then Will Arnett retweeted those. So I was like, really, hey, you hit the retweet of the retweet of the retweet. I got retweeted in a retweet. Man, you've wow. hit you've something. Hit, you've hit peak Twitter. Yeah, I put my feet getting. up after that. I'm on Easy Street now, boys. <laughs> yes, Will Arnett's like a really funny guy. Yeah, and like I think he's got some acting. Like he's a good actor too. Like in general, like he can pull off other things than just like kind yeah, of yeah, funny comedy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, that you know what he kind of reminds me of is uh, Ryan Reynolds, who like an older Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, like he's almost. Uh, too good looking to be taken serious. Yeah, yeah. You know, like people say that about me a lot of the time. It's hard like, to buy into Will like Arnett's characters. Ross, just, they, they, I mean, that, yeah. that's the first thing you can tell. Say. Jeff was watching TV <laughs> when I said that. I didn't even get a chuckle. No, didn't no. Really <laughs> too good looking. But like, I watched though. Deadpool. You see Deadpool? I haven't seen it yet. Dude. I've heard really good things. I've heard amazing things. About I the saw new- Deadpool last weekend. Mm. It's really good. Yeah. Really Theaters? Good. No. It's on. Uh, have you ever heard of something called Plex? You no. can rent it on Amazon too. Mm. I pirated the hell out of that one. I've heard uh, really good things about the new Captain America movie as well. Yeah, I have not seen it. I haven't seen really it. Really good no. things. I'm I'm interested. I I moved recently to Highlands Ranch. I'm close. Congratulations! To the, uh, hey, I'm interested to go to the United Artists Meadow Twelve Theater because they have a giant, like, uh, not a billboard but a sign attached to their building that says they have reclining seats. And my AMC theater by Southlands was like sitting in a giant Lazy Boy. Really? It's the best. I I, I literally would drive there to go watch a movie versus going anywhere else. So I need to go to Meadows 12 to see if it lives up to the hype. So so it's like going to a landmark, you know, when they bring you food and stuff like that? They have the food options and stuff, but it's literally a giant Lazy Boy chair. I saw the Jungle Book there like two weeks ago. How was the Jungle Book? It was okay. It was cool. 
kids movie. I mean, it's for children. Yeah. But, if it was know. rated R, I would have dug it. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't made that rated R. A lot of ripping if you of guys human want a really good uh, animated G-rated film, check out SpongeBob SquarePants, Sponge Out of Water. Ooh, I watched a lot of SpongeBob with notch. my buddy's kids. I'd mm-hmm. wake up and uh, go visit him in San Diego. Wake up hungover to his kids wanting to watch TV, and I'd wake up on the couch and watch like eight episodes of SpongeBob, and I got into it a little bit. <laughs> I mean, the movie was outstanding. <laughs> I was like, "What do you uh, kids go give me a I beer?" Never watched. Wait, is that the SpongeBob? one with where he rides David Hasselhoff? Like, what? The, there's no David Hasselhoff. Yeah, he's like a giant David Hasselhoff in the water. Yeah. I, I, I swear it's one to God, dreams again. I swear to God, this is accurate. <laughs> David Hasselhoff. I swear to God. Oh, good deal. But I mean, we, we've watched a lot of we've garbage, watched a lot of uh, crap, different things. I mean, what have I watched recently that I, I really enjoyed? I don't know. Well, Grace and Frankie, but you guys were like immediately I'm never rejected. Gonna, never going to watch that. I don't even know what it is. I don't like that. All right, listen. It's a movie about senior citizens and gay people. Is there any? So it's like the Golden Girls. Question. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any wondering why Jeff is like, can't get stop talking Weren't about it? Weren't you the Golden Girls gay, by the way? The think, mom? The old mom? Well, no. I don't think she was like uh, in the show gay, but she was probably gay in real life. <laughs> None of them were gay. They used to have, in, in the first pilot episode, they had a gay house servant person. A man? A housekeeper? Oh, yeah. A man, yeah. Like Mr. Roper? And then they, he, they wrote him out by the second episode. We weren't ready for it as a society. <laughs> not, not in 1985, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why were we ready for oh, a they, sitcom they, about 75-plus-year-old you know women? They took that one being a giant floozy and Blanche. <laughs> they took that gay housekeeper and put him in Who's the Boss? Tony <laughs> Danza. <laughs> oh, God, Tony. Tony Danza. By the, way, I, by the way, I want to just get interject this in here. I, I finally watched Soaked in Bleach, right? I oh, incredible. Yeah. She killed him. She killed him, dude. And why is she walking around this earth? Interesting. You know, this guy, the, the, the private investigator. I, I, convinced me. I've been convinced by a documentary. Air which I know are there are so air many. Tight. There air are tight. S- Great word for it. <laughs> air tight. And from what was fascinating to me is like everyone. I, I don't know if you've seen Kurt and Courtney, Courtney, which was like from the 90s. Propaganda. Like, yeah. Propaganda. Propaganda they, film. They, they, they talked to him for that movie and they used none of his stuff. Oh well, of course not. It was and, propaganda. Yeah, and it's like, why talk to him if you're not gonna if you're not gonna use any? Because he told the truth, and they wanted to cover all that up. That's right. They she wanted to him. obfuscate the truth. Well, I gotta tell you that she killed that him. was an interesting thing. I did. And who was that? That weirdo that that was. His name was like Benji or something. Yeah, the, the weird guy. Is that the they found dog, the ro- like they found the rohypnol under the bed? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that guy's name, but anyway, he's. I, it, it was fascinating to me because it was wasn't done in a classic documentary style. It was a kind of a, like a dramatic retelling. So they they put in like a docudrama, docudrama. Yeah, docudrama. They, they put in all that stuff along with interviews and stuff like that. And it was really interesting. The the stuff that wasn't necessarily as compelling, um, the the stuff from the entertainment lawyer, who. He she, he presented this stuff to her, and she starts going off about that's not his handwriting and all this stuff. Yeah. And I was telling my dad about this. I said an entertainment lawyer would know because they have to look out for plagiarism. They have to mm. look out for people who are stealing their identity. They have to know all this crap. And when she said that's not his handwriting, you got to believe it because she would know. And the other thing is, you lawyers have to tell the truth. 
because of their oath. Are you talking about the, the Hippocratic? Hippocratic oath? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing this very country was founded upon. Or, or as Homer would say, remember your hippopotamus oath. <laughs> Classic film. Uh, HBO has a... We're talking about with the Night Manager these these mini series that are coming out. They have a, a short one too called like the Night of or the Night Before or something like that. It looks mm. pretty fascinating. Really? It looks like an Uber driver that took a gal to a beach and then she wound up dead and his hands were all like cut up and stuff. And they're like, "What happened?" And he's like, eh. he's, uh, in like a, "He's in like a you know detained by the police or something." Oh, interesting. Looks interesting on and, HBO. Yeah, it's going to be on HBO. It's called like the night before, the night of, something like that. Hmm. And the fellow's got a little bit uh, browner skin. The chick was a white girl, so it's like, how much uh, racism are we going to have here? You know, classic American railroaded by the system. Railroaded by the HBO. system. HBO. That's what they do over You're there. Talking, it's not TV. Yeah, it's HBO. Boys. It's well, yeah. Um, the last season of House of Cards was. Bleh. That show sucked for three years. I'm done with it. I know. Uh, Piece of shit. Our Facebook friend. Told me to watch it, Brooke. Oh yeah, can't think of her last name. Kale. Yeah, Brooke Kale. I was tweeting about how great it was, and then I watched half an episode, turned it off. <laughs> so, so I was bad. like, it's the same as the last season. It sucks. It was terrible. I thought it was it was almost to the point where it was unwatchable. They've uh, what's what that what's doing? that term? They've jumped the shark. Jumped the shark. Yeah, they jumped the it, shark. The premise has gone on longer than it's supposed to. No, no. I mean, no. They didn't do they ruined it immediately. As soon as he pushed that girl into a train, yes. it was over. She was the best part of that show. And then well, they, they killed the other good guy. Well, they took it. They took it to the point where it's like they went beyond. Well, I mean, there was an original British series that it was, was based on. They took it obviously far beyond that kind Why of. Why do we they take everything from the British? We took because the country. They, everything starts there. <laughs> they invented writing. They invented they us. They invented stories. <laughs> <laughs> took their country from them. Uh, even that show, so that show kind of reminded me of The Americans. The Americans, that TV show, they solved every problem with having sex with somebody. And then this yeah, show, House yes. of Cards, they solved every problem by just killing somebody. This is true. Like, whatever, well, dude. Have you guys seen, did you see Check American Odyssey? Never heard of it. Ooh, it's a brand new one. It came out like oh, yeah, a couple yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw that. It's about uh, corporate corruption and terrorism and stuff like that. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah, Most that. American things are not good, but this, this is this was good. This yeah, was tell me about it: cars, computers, yeah. phones, like, like freedom, air, freedom, eagles, <laughs> <laughs> eagles. Yeah, where are those at? Polluted eagles, flags. Yeah. All right, guys. Any last thoughts? Last words? Ah, uh, well, nice to any be last back. Words nice to we murder someone on this podcast. Yeah, I know. Um, what are your final words, Russ? Um. Uh, I got nothing. I mean, I'm just really proud and happy to be here. You guys, see you guys in, I don't know, September. <laughs> Is that That's when training camp starts? <laughs> That's Training camp starts. Hey, are we going to be able to record at your new house, Nate? Yeah, we could. I mean, Sweet. does anybody want to drive to the ranch? Oh, yeah. It's, like well, it's close to him, but, but Ross is all up for You might be close closer to, to my house now than you were before. Jeff might need to take a uh, tent with him so we can camp. Down south, <laughs> live in my car. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like this is a central location. It's not. It's not. I mean, we still have to traverse the downtown region. Yes, but Nate works close. Yeah, to it's like days. five minutes away from my work. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, I you were, oh, okay. All right. So well, Ross is in central. Boom. 
Yeah, all right. Boom. Well, let's get out of here. Jeff, any last words? You got anything? Um, live anything long and prosper. Anything on your tombstone you want written? Hashtag MurderCast. <laughs> MurderCast. I, I would like to thank my agent. I'd like to thank his agent. I'd like to uh, tell everybody, go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Yes, and Stitcher. Go to visit, Stitcher, too. Visit Jake's Sports and Spirits, where they got brand-new menu. Delicious stuff. 3800 Walnut Street. We have parties here sometimes. People other do. We're out of here. We're getting out of here. We're uh, going to eat some food, have some fun, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.